Kristen, and you're listening to Podcast and Amplify, a podcast for women entrepreneurs who want to amplify their voice and brand through podcasting and grow a wildly successful business. I'm the executive producer and host of two shows and an entrepreneur, and I love helping women grow their visibility, mindset, and business to the next level. Each week, I share tips on how to launch and leverage your podcast, and I'm bringing on the very best business leaders to give you advice on how to build your business empire. Let's amplify your voice and business. Welcome back to the Podcast and Amplify podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Carla Santamaria. Carla is a Latina success coach. She's also a first-generation immigrant. She was born in Honduras and raised in Miami, Florida. Carla believes that success is found at the intersection of mindset and purposeful action. And she uses that strategy to help her clients reach their dreams. She's also a firm believer in the power of positivity and hard work and putting out into the universe what you want reflected back to you. So I know she really is passionate about helping other Latinas, and that's why I wanted to have her on the show. And today we're going to talk about how to advocate for yourself as an entrepreneur, because I think we can get into these business owner roles and come up against obstacles where we do have to advocate for ourselves and that might not always feel super comfortable. So Carla is going to share with us some tips around that and welcome Carla. Hi, thanks for having me. I am really excited to be here. Yes, I'm really excited to to talk today about self-advocacy. Um and and yeah, like you mentioned as entrepreneurs, as small business owners, we are going to come across obstacles, but it's what we do when we get there that really defines our trajectory and defines whether we succeed or not. Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive in. And I want to ask you, why is it important that we create that skill and learn that habit, I guess, of advocating for ourselves as business owners? So it's important to advocate for yourself as a small business owner because you have to recognize that no one else is going to do it for you. You know, and I know that that sounds really grim. And I actually, I'm thinking maybe if you're in business with your mom, your mom will do it for you. It's just like you would do it for yourself. So shout out to all mothers out there advocating for their daughters. (laughs) But in general, generally speaking, no one else is going to do it for you. No one else is going to have a vision for your business as clear as yours. No one else is going to know your true innermost potential and skill set. And so if you just let that vision go to waste, if you let your potential go to waste, if you decide not to go for your dreams, no one else is going to do it for you. So that is why self-advocacy is so important. Yeah, I love that because no one else is going to really own your vision and what you know to be true about yourself and what you're capable of, like you're going to do it, right? That's what I hear you saying. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And then, so what typically holds us back from advocating for ourselves? The idea, I think what holds us back is the idea that we shouldn't. 
You know what I mean? And so there's this, um, a lot of times when people are in a, in a place of growth in their life, they can sometimes feel like a fraud, you know? Um, and this is, you know, imposter syndrome. Like we feel like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my God, everybody else knows what they're doing and not me. But when it comes to being a small business owner, especially when it comes to self-advocacy, there's this feeling of inadequacy as if, you know, I don't deserve it or I'm not going to go for it. You know, so like there's this feeling of inadequacy combined with this fear of failure. And part of it is intrinsic. I think we're all our own worst critics in a way. But I think that an even bigger part of it is just living in a society that holds women to exceptionally high standards. You know what I mean? Yes. And just like all these external messages that we're not enough and that we're not enough unless we have the newest product that they're trying to sell us or that we're not enough unless we do X, Y, or Z or we're not enough. Unless or we're a certain we're, size. Right. A certain size or that we're perfect wives or mothers or daughters, you know, or that we have to be perfect at every single thing. And if you drop one ball, then all of a sudden you're not worth it. And, you know, like if you made one mistake in your business journey, you're not, you're not worth it. And so there's these, all these external messages and pressure that they're, you know, that exists for women. So a lot of the time we, we internalize it. I mean, we are deep in, in this society. So unfortunately, just like that feeling of, I don't deserve this. I'm not adequately adequately prepared for this or even why me what makes me think I could do it mm-hmm. the subconscious beliefs yes, yeah the who am I who am I to advocate for myself and also what I hear you saying too and those high expectations are the stakes are higher for us right the stakes yes. are incredibly high when you have that high level of expectation so the feeling is that we have so much further to fall and so yeah. to put ourselves out there, I mean, mm-hmm. that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. But, you know, like growth starts right after your comfort zone. Right. Um, and, yes, and I think something else, you know, you mentioned who am I to advocate for myself? And, and I certainly believe that there's that fear. I also think that sometimes we look at an obstacle and we don't realize it's an obstacle. We may look at it and think it's a dead end. You know what I mean? So, yes. So yes. We, we don't see it as a problem yeah. to solve. We see it as like the final no or the final decision or whatever. Right. Exactly. And so I think just really expanding our, our view, you know, you know, because I don't think anybody wakes up one day and says today I am not going to advocate for myself. You know, right. But I, I think subconsciously we do that when we when we think we're at a dead end. When reality is like, no, no. If you peek around the corner, you're actually going to see quite a few opportunities. Yeah, and I think you're right. No one wakes up thinking I'm not going to, but also they don't necessarily think wake up thinking I'm going to advocate for myself in every single way today. Uh, you know, there's these little subconscious thoughts I think that pull us back from you know that the times when we need to advocate for ourselves. It's kind of like, no, no, don't, you know, these convincing thoughts that try to convince us to stay safe, essentially, right? Yes, absolutely. And so I want to know a little bit about your story and how you learned to advocate for yourself. What sort of examples did you have in your life? And, and you know, what do you draw on from your own life experiences? 
So thank you. I thank you for asking that because I started this podcast saying, oh, maybe our moms will advocate for us. And I think that that is where I got my my drive and my sort of outlook on the world that things are not a dead end. You know, I can look at an institution and see that it's not a dead end. Um, as I as you mentioned, I was born in Miami. I moved to the United States the summer after I completed third grade. So I was eight years old. And I moved to Miami and the, you know, Dade County Public School System said that my age, I needed to start third grade. And my mom said, no, it's like my daughter just finished third grade. You're not going to make her waste a year of her life. So back in Honduras, you finished third grade. And then when you came here, they wanted you to retake it. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because I, yeah, the birth, I guess the cutoff date is September 1st. And my birthday is September 6th. So they wanted me to put, you know, they wanted to include me in the, the next cohort of kids. Um, but that, you know, my mom said, hey, you're not going to waste a year of my daughter's life. And so my mom, with her extremely limited English as a brand new immigrant, was able to go to the school, go to the administrator, go to talk to the teachers, to the counselors, to the principal, you know, little by little until they finally said, hey, you know what? We're going to test your daughter out. You know, we're going to test her out of third grade. And, you know, you gave us all these because uh, she had bought my 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 report cards from the school, you know, in Honduras, which was an American school. So we did have that advantage. But again, like I, I think about that and I think about my mom and my mom was very young. My mom was maybe 29 years old at the time in a country brand new and was able to look at a school system, was able to look at a bureaucracy of the public school system in the United States and say, no, you're not going to hold my daughter back. You're going to give her what she deserves. And as I'm saying that, I'm, I mean, my voice is shaky because every time I think about the courage it must have taken to go up to a system that you didn't know. I mean, recently, my in my I had to self-advocate in my previous role, um, you know, I, and again, I have to go up against a large institution and eventually decided to leave. But again, like I have I, I have lived in this place for 20 years, you know? So thinking right. about going to a brand new country where you don't know the language and you're still going to, you know, speak kindly, be kind, but also be resilient and also be persistent and also make sure that your family is cared for. And that's what my mom did. So my mom taught me self-advocacy from a very young age. Yeah, that's an amazing story. And I was getting emotional too, just thinking of, yeah, your mom coming here and having so many obstacles, you know, from language to not even knowing the system yes. or the culture and really saying, no, this is, this is not acceptable to me or my daughter or for my daughter. And, and so that really drove her. And I think, I think what I hear in that story is just like a testament of her love for you. And so that's what I think, you know, gets kind of gets your heart, right? Cause moms, uh, moms will do anything for their kids. And that's such a great, beautiful example. And not only was she able to not waste a year of your life, but she was able to give you the gift that I'm sure she wasn't consciously intending to give you, but that example of like, no, this is how you advocate for someone that you love or something that you know is right, is the right thing. 
Yes, absolutely. And yeah, I, I love that, you know, just making that realization of this is not acceptable to me. And I'll talk in, you know, in a minute or so about, you know, how we can advocate for ourselves. But yeah, it definitely is a testament of her love to me. And I think self-advocacy in a way is a testament of our love for ourselves. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. You're so right. You're hundred percent right. Um, it, it really is. And, you know, because if we value ourselves, we will advocate for ourselves. Um, are there any other situations in your life where you've had to sort of then draw on mom's example and, you know, advocate for yourself? It sounded like a little bit in your career, Yes, yes. So I recently had a career transition. I spent a lot of time in higher education um, and I recently transitioned into healthcare. Um, so in my previous role, I worked for a large public school system and it's very bureaucratic. And I got that job right out of grad school. So freshly out of grad school that I hadn't yet had my degree conferred. Um, so when HR calculated my salary, they calculated the salary of someone who did not have a master's degree. And, you know, and I, I did not advocate for myself when I was given the job offer because I looked at this and said, oh yeah, you know, like HR, that's the, that's the algorithm. That's the formula that they put out for me. And I said, yes, okay, I'll take it. Um, and that, that stayed with me for like, so, for so long until actually Latina Equal Pay Day 2020. It was, I had been at my job for, you know, just over a year and I decided I need to speak up because I, something is telling me that I didn't, that I'm not getting paid what I'm worth. Um, and so I asked my boss, hey, am I getting equal pay for equal work? And this man, I, this man said to me, Oh, there's no bonuses here, no matter how stellar your work is. <laughs> I was like, oh. You're like, uh, I didn't say bonus. <laughs> exactly. I didn't say bonus, first of all. But second of all, wow, way to give someone permission to be mediocre. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, thank you um, for telling me. There's no reason for me to strive for more here. Yeah. Right. And so, but of course that was not acceptable to me. And I said, okay, thank you for your time. I need to speak to your boss. And I had a great relationship with her, um, you know, and then I, I spoke to her and it actually took a, several months um, of these conversations happening for me to find out actually what had happened that HR did not calculate my pay the way that um, I was informed that they would be. I was asked to provide my transcripts. And then um, regardless, you know, that, that wasn't included in my salary, which was kind of a mess. And it was actually really heartbreaking because I had spent, I mean, at this point, it was maybe three months since my initial conversation. And each step of the way, I had to follow along. Hey, how's it going? Hey, did you speak to the HR specialist? Hey, did you speak to their boss? You know, did you speak to the next person up? And, and so for me to go through this and then be told by not only by boss, but his boss is that, hey, we looked into it and they said they can't change it. They acknowledged there was a mistake, but they said they can't change it. And so I promise you that night I started applying for jobs, <laughs> you know, like it was immediate, like it was, um, you know, and, and, and yeah, and it, unfortunately it wasn't um, an issue that was able to be resolved. However, it did give me the power to say, I value myself more than what this institution values me. And not only that, I value myself 
too much um, to allow myself to to be in this institution. I didn't come to the United States. My parents didn't come to the United States to have their daughter be underpaid and be okay with it. You know what I mean? So I think right. it was, yeah, so it was, I advocated for myself and I was still told, sorry, but I didn't sit down and take it and said, hey, I guess it's my life now. I was able to get a job very quickly. Um, you know, and I ended up transitioning careers, which is great because it's something that had been on my mind for a while. Um, so even though the outcome was not what I expected, the outcome was way better than I could have imagined. Right. Yeah. It was, it's a great example of, you know, we have the first example of your mom advocating for you and getting the outcome that she wanted. And, you know, your this example of you advocating for yourself and not getting the exact outcome that you were asking for, but it did two very important things. One, it empowered you to go and find a place where you would oh, be valued yeah. and paid for, you know, what you were, that were your worth. Um, and it also gave you data, right? It gave you the information you needed to make the decision to leave. And had you not kept asking and advocating, you wouldn't even have known that you had were being paid lower than you should have been paid and that it was their mistake. So, so many wins there from simply continuing to advocate and push and ask the questions. Yes, absolutely. And, and absolutely what I got, one of the, well, so many things and everything that you said, but what I want to highlight is the data. You know what I mean? Because I had this gut feeling and when I finally decided to trust it, I was able to get the data to back up my claims, you know, and like my, right. it wasn't just like, mm, I have a feeling. And yes, I had had that feeling, but when I finally listened to it, I was able to get hard data, which is, you know, can help you negotiate. Like my mom, you know, she didn't just say, oh, you know, she's a really smart kid, I promise you. No, she said, test her out. She said, here are my, here are her report cards from her previous school. You know, so having the data um, definitely helped. Hey, Explorers, we'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanted to take just a few seconds to invite you to the free workshop that I created. It's called The Three Secrets to Starting Your Successful Podcast. Now, it's all about helping you to start your dream podcast so that you can share your voice and expand your business. If you want to join, just go to explorerandyou.com. It's totally free. All right, friend, back to the show. So let's talk about moving forward and, you know, for business owners today listening, I know it sounds like you have parents, we talked before, it sounds like you have parents who are business owners or very, very familiar with um, sort of that world and entrepreneurship. Can you share some tips around how to advocate for yourself in your business, especially if it's not something, especially if it's something that you're becoming more comfortable with? Yes. Um, yes. And, and definitely I, um, as I shared with you, you know, my start is I, I thought of myself as having, being like a brand new entrepreneur, but in reality, I have been a lifelong entrepreneur. I have been helping my parents with their businesses since, I don't know, since like I was 10 years old or something. So, so yes, yeah, so definitely, um, you know, especially for entrepreneurs who are just starting out or who are starting to step into their power, 
I would say that mindset is key, you know, and um, it there has to be this shift from, oh, you know, I, I kind of want to go for it, but I'm not sure to I deserve success. You know, I have earned success. My hard work deserves to be paid. My hard work deserves to be featured. The service I am providing brings value into others' lives. And so truly internalizing that belief is the first step. You know, like how you present yourself and how you feel about yourself and your business, you know, whether you're business is, you know, selling the best pimento cheese, you know, in all of the tri-state area, or whether your business is helping authors with their book proposal, you have to realize that your, your, the service you're providing, that you have to realize that your worth comes from within. Um, how can someone as a business owner pitch themselves to a client if they themselves don't understand their worth? You know, like, how can you expect somebody else to, to believe in the value of your goods and services if you yourself don't believe in the value of your goods and services. Right. Yeah, that is a huge mindset shift and one that I personally know, you know, the journey of that. And and it is hard, but once you turn that corner, it really opens you up to so many more possibilities because you're not being your own worst. um, You're not standing in your own way anymore. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yes, exactly. And that's a huge hurdle, you know, just getting our own internal blocks um, and our own internal fears. Um, definitely. I think the next step is understanding that there will be bumps in the road and learning from them. Um, and I, you know, so, so learning from everything, it's like, oh, I tried that and oof, that did not work. <laughs> Let me not do that again. Or, hey, I tried it and it was, you know, really successful. Let me do it again. You know, so kind of learning from the path and, and really being open to to trying new things, not to be setting your ways, you know, and, and understanding that entrepreneurship and success is a journey. Um, so that's definitely something that I um, that I would say. It's like keeping, being okay with facing and overcoming both tiny obstacles and giant obstacles. Yes, I think that's definitely been a learning experience for myself of it's not just going to run smoothly and my problem solving muscle is just so much stronger because (laughs) you just will not survive if you're trying to, you know, run a business and there's always going to be something. And I think at a certain point when you build that muscle, starts to become a little fun actually where you're just like how am I going to solve this problem today you know (laughs) yeah absolutely I yeah I definitely like that you called problem solving a muscle you know because when we think about it the muscles in our body everybody just accepts that hey in order for your muscles to grow in order for you to be stronger you have to um, work out that muscle you have to um Exercise and muscle tissue, how it actually grows is that there's teeny tiny breaks in your muscle tissue. And that's why you're sore after you work now. And then as it heals, you know, it's, it's becoming stronger. And so definitely yeah, problem solving similarly is a skill and, you know, and it is a muscle and we can look at it and say, aha, I've been from, <laughs> I've been on this road before. I know what that bump looks like. I know to swerve, you know, and to take right. a different road. 
and to get to my success or to my goals faster. Um, and I think the last one, take rejection with grace. Because remember that when some, if someone is not interested in like your product or your business, that's not a reflection of who you are. You know what I mean? Like it really, um, if you're pitching your idea to get startup funding, you know, and, and you don't get the startup funding or you don't get the seed funding, that's okay. That, you know, your worth as a person does not diminish based on somebody else's inability to see it. Um, and so what's important in that situation is to really remember your why. And that's really like my, my last key takeaway is to remember your why. Why did you start a business? Why did you want to do this? Why did you become an entrepreneur? Is it because you wanted to have freedom and flexibility? It's like, all right, well, are you willing to give that up? And just so you can tell yourself, hey, I tried and I failed. You know what I mean? Or maybe you started a business because you wanted to spend more time with your family. You wanted to spend more time at home. Or maybe you started a business because, you know, um, you want to help your parents retire sooner or for whatever freedom, whatever choices, whatever is driving your passion, why? Remember that and keep it front and center because we know that there's going to be bumps. We know that there's going to be a lot of um, opportunities to learn. And when we have those opportunities to learn, it can be easy to, to look at it as a dead end. But we have to remind ourselves that it's not a dead end. It's a learning opportunity. And let that knowledge, remember that act of self-love drive you forward. I love that. Yes. The act of self-love and yeah, knowing you're being connected to your why is really important because that's going to give you that passion, right? That fire under you to push for what you know needs to happen or what you know doesn't need to happen. Uh, you know, those, those important decisions that need to be made and you know, advocated for when you have that direct line back to your, to your why and your mission, it just makes it so much easier. And tying that back to, you know, something you said about your mom's approach. And I think that's something that we can all take uh, forward with us in our businesses was, you know, approaching, advocating yourself with confidence, but with grace as well. And with um, conviction, like you don't have to sacrifice any of those things. Um, you know, you don't have to necessarily be rude or aggressive or any of those things to, you know, ask for what you want and be confident and clear around what you want. Yes, absolutely. You know, and I think that <clears throat> staying true to your values is so important. Excuse me. Staying true to your values is, is so important. You know, like it's not, let me talk to the manager, you know, that's not what I mean by self-advocacy. But like you said, it's confidently and with grace advocating for what you know is right. Yeah. And that's a huge, it can sound simple, but I think it takes a lot of courage. And oh, um yes. Yeah, I think it, it does take courage to really because you're really essentially, you know, you're standing up for yourself and your beliefs. And that's not always easy because you don't always have consensus around that. You don't always have agreement or buy in. Um, so to do that, despite any 
you know, backlash or other other input that's contrary, um, and to and to stand in in that is it does take some you know energy and uh, yeah definitely some some being brave there. But I think that we can all do it as long as we know that it is in align with our values and it is it is part of our truth. Oh yes, absolutely, and I think um. Yeah, just coming back to your values, I always start, you know, start with why, what is important to you. And I think also just remember of all the all the women who came before you and all the women for whom you're paving the way. I love that. And that's so timely with it being Hispanic Heritage Month and, you know, really thinking about whose shoulders are we standing on? You know, who who in our communities have come here to have a better life and to offer us dreams that you know the possibility to dream things that they couldn't even dream for themselves and and here we are and um it's such a blessing and an honor absolutely yeah exactly it's a, a blessing and honor and i think also a responsibility how are we going to honor their actions how are we going to honor all the pioneers, all the women who came before us? You know, um, so so yeah, it is. It is both an honor and we also have to honor them. Yes. Well, Carla, this has been just a lovely conversation. And I think that listeners are going to really have some great takeaways in, um, you know, how to just move forward in their businesses confidently, which is really, and in their lives, which is really what it's all about, right? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And I hope so. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, if you want to learn more about Carla and how you can work with her, follow her on Instagram at Coached by Carla. You can book a free coaching call and she has downloadable guides and workbooks. If you want to learn how you can work with me, you can click on the link in the show notes and book a call. I'd love to chat with you about how I can help you start your podcast. And don't forget that every podcast and Amplify episode has its own page on the exploreandyou.com website, where we link all the resources for every single show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. If you love today's episode, please subscribe so you don't miss a show. And rating and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help support us. Always remember your voice and what you have to offer is needed in the world. Until next week, take care.